you think that this is a time now for people to really jump in to a career like this, a career field like this? I'd say it's, yo, I'd say the time is, has, has been there. It's just that we in Jamaica and the Caribbean haven't really been exposed to it. So I'd always say at any point in time, mm-hmm. it's, it is a good field. Um, once you have content, once you have TV, once you, now you have phone, tablet and laptop. So now it's more content that is needed. Once more content is needed, more crew is going to be needed, more skills. You get mm-hmm. me? Yeah. So, I mean, it's always, there's always an opportunity. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Career Conversations with Ali, where we talk all things career, giving you the inside scoop to help you with your career goals and your career growth. Now we're at episode six. Yes, guys, episode six. And each week it just keeps getting even more interesting. So on today's episode, I'm happy to let you guys know that we're still within the production media type of field. And my guest today is Saeed Thomas. And I believe that name might ring some bells for some persons. But for those, um, if it doesn't, don't worry. I'll give you guys the deets later on. Saeed, welcome to Career Conversations. How are you today? Hey, thank you for having me. I'm great. That is nice to know. And I know we're recording a little bit early, you know, hope I didn't wake you up or anything. But thank you so much for being here. No, man, is the, the feel that I'm in, we have to wake up early. So oh. I'm used to it, yeah. Okay, cool. This is already getting information already, guys. So as promised, I will tell you guys a little bit more about Saeed. Now, Saeed Thomas's journey into the creative arts began in childhood as a matter of instinct. And I really want to find out a little bit about that after. Channeling his passion into a career, Saeed began working in the field professionally in 2012 as a stage technician, backstage assistant, and audio tech. As his journey progressed, he also delved into stage management and audio for film and television. He has collaborated on projects with renowned international companies and organizations such as Hulu, UNICEF, CONCACAF, and IAAF. Saeed is the co-founder and managing director of M1, previously known as Cinecore, a Jamaica-based video production company. A recipient of the prestigious 2020 Prime Minister's Youth Award for Arts and Culture, Saeed has so far worked on various short films such as Enhanced, Kinto, Cross My Heart and Flight, and was selected as a participant of the Claremont Ferrand 2020 Euro Connection program with his script, Black Girl in the Ring. <clears throat> his most recent produced work is a Jamaican short film, short drama, sorry, Sugar Cake. Saeed is a graduate of the University of the West Indies Mona, where he obtained his Bachelor of Arts degree in Entertainment and Cultural Enterprise Management. Right. All right, Saeed. Um, the first thing I have to ask you, sugar cake. Yeah. Um what was what what was that about? What was that one about? Um well, sugar cake is about a security guard 
who is on the brink of suicide and is interrupted or saved by a prostitute. And the prostitute's name is Sugar Cake. Oh, okay. I, I like that. And where can we find that if we're interested in seeing that short drama? Well, you've, you'd have to follow me and um, follow the updates of Sugar Cake. You can follow Sugar Cake, that Sugar Cake short film, or you can follow me, Said Ojo. Um, mm -hmm. I will give you the updates. It's currently not released yet. Um, we've had one showing, though. Um, so we'll oh. probably have a couple more showings. And then when it is finally officially released, we'll broadcast it to the world. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. So today, guys, you'll be talking to us about uh, um, a producer for live broadcast and film production. So, um, Saeed, the first thing that you said is um, your creative arts um, journey began as a childhood, as a matter of instinct. Uh, what happened? Like, what happened when you were younger that, you know, really brought out the creative juices in you? Um, I think I think a lot of our childhood um, or most of our childhood prepares us for what we eventually end up doing. I know definitely for me. Um, I was always encouraged to read. I was always encouraged to be a part of the arts, whether it was music or drama. Um, I was always encouraged to write. And mm -hmm. I think based on that encouragement, especially from my parents, I just grew up more inclined with that side or that, I guess, what's that, the left side of the brain? Oh, the creative side. The creative um, side of the brain. I'm not sure if it's the left or right <laughs> side. But yeah. yeah um, so it it eventually I think became like a matter of instinct because of how um I guess how prepared I was as a child. Oh, okay. So it says that if you're right if you're more creative or artistic, you're thought to be right brained. Right brain. So it would yeah. have been right brain. Yeah. So it'd have been right brain. All right. So live broadcast and film producer or film production what exactly is that and what do persons do that are in that field okay um well in the industry you have different types of producers mm -hmm. um i mean i started out doing audio however as you grow i mean you, you develop more skills and now i'm more so into directing and producing if our live broadcast um you have a line producer and the line producer is the person that calls the show and also speaks to the the host and follows the script so we, they ensure that all the graphics that you see on screen mm -hmm. um come up on time they ensure that all the graphics were were accurate as well ensure that the host is following the script and doesn't run off off key or off board um that's a line producer? This is a line producer. Usually, I don't know if you would recognize, sometimes you see the, like somebody on TV with an earpiece in their ear. Yes. That's, so it's the producer that would be speaking to them at that point to just kind of guide them along, um, guide, guide the interview process, and just kind of they're like the backbone of, of the show or the backbone of everything that you'd be watching that mm -hmm. is live. Um, and then, I mean, just to give a little bit more insight, the director on a live live broadcast would be the person who would be calling the camera shots. 
So many times you have multiple camera angles and the director is the person who would be telling the story through the different camera angles. So they work hand in hand with the producer in order to be the backbone of the show and to tell the entire story. Mm-hmm. Um, though, I mean, it really depends on your workflow, but that's the line producer. Otherwise, you have other types of producers who deal maybe more with the financial aspect of it or the budgeting. Yeah. Um, Do you have producers that deal with that part as well? Yeah. You might have producers that are a little bit more creatively inclined. I mean, a lot of of the times um, the roles cross, especially Mm -hmm. if if the budget is low. But the bigger the the event is or the bigger the television show is, is the more you need to... Have um, clear-cut roles. Exactly. So, I mean, that's to touch on television and live TV or live broadcasts. And then even now, um, now that we're doing a lot more streaming and live streaming, you have those roles for live streaming as well. Um, Because at the end of the day, you still want to keep, if you you schedule for, to do a show for an hour, you still want to keep it within an hour. You still have to plan how the show is going to look. So it's not a, it's not just random things that we're yeah. doing. It's something that's put together, and it's usually the producer that does that. Um, uh, I mean, as I say, you have creative producers as well, and creative producers might work even more so closely in the pre-production process or the planning, mm-hmm. which includes maybe also working with um, who to how who you're booking as a crew, um, who are the best people to accomplish the vision, um, what is the, the lighting design that you want, are there any audio cues? I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it's all teamwork, but you have different roles assigned to different people. But that would be more the creative, the creative yeah. producer. Yeah. Interestingly enough, our, our guest in our last episode is a creative producer. Okay. Um, and exactly what you're saying is what she was saying us, you know, you have to plan um the, the purse the cast that will be there, mm-hmm. um, you know, makeup, clothes, how everything will come together. Okay. Um but another, another question I have is for live broadcast, you said, you know, there is not even if it's for an hour, there's some preparation that goes into it. Mm-hmm. What is what makes up some of the planning that goes into this whole process? What are some of the things that um, you guys have to think about and put together prior to actually um, starting pressing record. Yeah, so a lot of the times is it a lot of it starts from the script. So what is what is the idea firstly? Um, how long is the, is the show supposed to be? Um, is there a technical running order? Meaning, do we go from do we go from Alicia to to John back to Alicia? Um, and that, that's the running order and the script as to what to prepare. Um, where, where is the location? Where are we shooting? Um, is the location fit enough for broadcast? Is there a lot of background noise? I mean, these are all the questions that we have to answer. Um, mm-hmm. Is there extra light, additional lights needed? If there is additional lights needed, um, what, is, what are those additional lights and how much, what would that cost? Um, is there electricity on the venue? Um, do we need a generator? I mean, all of these things go into the into the planning of it. Um, mm-hmm. 
in terms of blocking. Blocking is usually the movement that is done on camera. So does Alicia, does Alicia look on camera one, say her first line and then turn to camera two to continue? And then does the cut, does the, in, in the same breath, does the director know that to cut from camera one to camera two? Um, are any of the cameras moving? Is there a, what we call a jib? Jib mm -hmm. is the cameras you see on the crane. Um, is there a dolly? A dolly is the cameras that um, would be on wheels. Um, so all of these things matter wow. in terms of what the, the vision you're trying to accomplish, um, the look mm -hmm. and feel. Um, and is really and truly at the, the end result is trying to best come up with a vision that the audience is going to connect with. Yeah. So, for, so for example, if if it's news, then you you might not necessarily need a moving camera because that's just one person speaking. Mm -hmm. But if it's a performance, then you want it to be dynamic. So then you'd put in some form of moving camera. Or if there's a special introduction backstage, that means you might want to put a camera that's backstage that that can be moved but also stable at the same time. So what what equipment is that? You know. Mm -hmm. Question. Normally, when we see persons, you know, talking, the script. Who usually creates the script for those? Um, I mean, it really varies. A lot of the time, it can be the producer, but sometimes it can also be depends on your workflow and who you're working with. It can also be um, a PR person. It can also be somebody who you just hire specifically to do the script. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the times you have to do um, layers with maybe a PR person or a legal department or, or yeah. some form of marketing person just to ensure that everything is is right within the yeah. script and everything mm -hmm. is, is sound, I should say. But yeah. Okay. And now over to um, film production. How different is that from live TV broadcast? Um, it's way different. At the end of the day, live TV is very quick, and live TV is um, once the once the show ha has been finished, there is hardly anything for the producer to do after. Maybe just to ensure that everything is like all the budget is reconciled. Um, mm -hmm. But creatively, there is hardly anything after. Um, and maybe the producer then for live would after the show is finished maybe the producer would then work with marketing just to ensure that whoever is doing marketing or or promotions have enough content um from the live show or from the live recording that is if they want it but in terms of film film is a lot more so for film the producing is typically um broken down into three roles you have a uh, line producer who would be more so for um, organizing the budget. So notice the difference. The terms are the same, but there's a difference for film. The line producing in this context now works a lot more closely with the budget and the crewing and works a lot more closely with the production manager. So they're more in charge of the production aspect on the day, um, ensuring that the right crew is there, ensuring that the equipment that they have is is within budget ensuring that the um the day in itself 
has everything that it needs for the production to go on. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is the creative producer. And the creative producer normally works very closely with the writer of the script. And the writer of the script would, I mean, a lot of the times writing involves a lot of drafts and based on the producer's vision or how the producer is speaking with the exec producer, um, that producer now ensures that the script is at its best place possible. Mm -hmm. um, that producer also ensures that all the right people are involved with this with this um this project and all the right people yeah. meaning not necessarily the bottom line crew what the line producer would be in charge of but like the director mm -hmm. um if there is any popular cast member that is needed that producer would be a part of that too um the creative producer would also be heavily involved in seeing the bigger picture, meaning, okay, after the film is done, where is this going to be sold? Where is this going to be distributed? Um, the producer does that too? Yeah. So they're, I mean, they work closely with oh. marketers and marketing, mm -hmm. but they are a part of their big part of that conversation. Um, and then the third part of producing for film is, so how do you get the funds to do it? Oh, yes. That's mm -hmm. very important. And then you have... I mean, there are particular because film is in itself is an entirely different industry, and you do have people that just focus on that. Um, how do we get the funds? Is there a particular strategy strategy that is needed? Um, is there a casting director that we need to carry on board? Because the casting director are the people that have the contacts with with the bigger actors or actresses. Mm -hmm. You know, if a big actress or actor is is attached to your project, then maybe it is more likely that you'll get funding. Are there any, um, are you shooting in any territories that have tax incentives? Um, mm -hmm. So these are the questions in terms of yeah. analyzing the money aspect of it. Um, is there a loan that you'll have to take? And if there is a loan, can you get the loan on a pre-sales? And pre-sales is generally like, um, pre-selling the content to a production company or to a television company. Mm -hmm. um, so they would say, all right. When Even you before you start filming? Yeah, and that's usually a lot of the times how you, how you guarantee a loan. Okay. So therefore, you'd say, okay, um, company in the United States, I guarantee that once this project is finished, it will be on your platform. You just need to guarantee that you'd be paying x for it and therefore they can either give you the money before in which you probably wouldn't need a loan or they would say all right they give you a letter to say yes this is what will happen and then you can go to somebody else and say i need a loan to do this and this is what is guaranteed once i finish the project okay 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 so that's i mean that's the three those are the three aspects of producing for film mostly mm -hmm. Um, which is the line producer or production itself, um, creative, which the creative usually is the lead producer, and mm -hmm. then and then the monetary aspect of it, which is getting the budget. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the bigger the budget you have, or the the more high concept it is, is the more once again is the more you would need to separate these roles. But then, the smaller the concept it is, you usually find that. 
you have one or two people that kind of combine all of these roles. Um, however, it is very rare where you have people that are experts in all three roles. So, I mean, it is a teamwork. It is a team yeah. effort. Um, and most of the times, you, if you, if you feel like you don't need the help, it's because mm-hmm. of your ego. Most of mm-hmm. the times, you do need that support and you yeah. do need that expertise. Okay, okay. That's mm-hmm. good. Um, one is, I mean, two is better than one. But I, ha- I have a question, though. Sure. Um, for film producing, mm-hmm. like, for example, um, your company, M1 Productions, mm-hmm. is it that um, your team sits and said, we're going to start thinking of an idea for, for a film? Or do persons come to you and they said, they have, a, they have a script, they have an idea for a film, and they want your company to do it? They give it a script, and then you work on the vision and everything. How how does it usually work from the beginning or the onset? Um, it really depends on it really depends on the goal of that particular company. What I would say is that film is not very our industry is still in its infant stages in Jamaica. So mm-hmm. most people who would be doing film here are doing it, but for themselves. Um, but everything, most of the times in a small industry, like in Jamaica, it's, it's relationship that, that's how it started. So either a writer might see that I've produced a couple of things and a writer might come to me and say, Hey, I have a really nice script, or I think I have a really nice script and I want this to be produced and done. And then that's a lot of the times where the conversation starts or or you write your own script and you find a way to do it yourself. Um, mm-hmm. in, in the bigger, in the industries that are a little bit more grown, um, writers have agents and write, and then you have other opportunities where you try to sell your script to um, distribution or to production companies. And it's the agents and the managers that try to sell the script. They might say, oh, um, my writer wrote something that is in line with what you usually produce, is this something that you'd be interested in? Um, so it's really relationship building and just reaching out to people. Other times, the producer, the production company, headhunt, writer, yeah. directors. Um, I mean, a good example of breaking in would be like to, or a good opportunity of breaking into the industry to do a, to, actualize a concept would be like to go to a film festival and to network there um so you can go as a writer you can go as a producer looking for a writer mm-hmm. and usually a lot of the times that's how the connections are made through the through the film festivals or through certain platforms that are made for film do they have um film festivals in the caribbean you have a few yes um you have a couple in jamaica Gatfest and um <laughs> Is it Porty Film Festival? I don't remember the name of that one. It was, it was the one that was in Portland. Um, you have one in Trinidad. You have you have a couple. You have in Belize. You have in Grenada. I think there's mm-hmm. a small one in Barbados. I think the most renowned one right now is the one in Trinidad. Trinidad. And that one is called what? Trinidad and Tobago Film Festival. Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. And um, overseas, have you ever been to any overseas like in the US, North America, or Europe? 
Yeah. Um, well, as you read in my bio, bio. Uh, mm -hmm. Claremont Farrell is the biggest short film festival in the world. So I went to that last year. Um, okay. And that was a really great opportunity. I also went to Berlin Film Festival. And, um, well, it's called Berlin Alley. And what is a film? It's the main film festival in Berlin. And mm -hmm. that was an eye opener for me. Um, I think it kind of it kind of just finalized in my idea, in my thoughts that this really is a whole different world and this really is an actual industry and there, mm -hmm. there really are rules. And I just like how you in any other field, there, there's a language, there are rules to play by. Um, yeah. It's the same thing. Um, there's a way how to pitch your idea. There's a way how to, um, there's a way, I mean, there is a way how to network, but the net, the mm -hmm. networking, I mean, the film festivals, a lot of the times are the places, whether or not you go to a forum and you meet somebody or you go to one of the parties that would have been happening in the night. And these are the ways that you might meet a producer or a director that you'd have never thought that you'd have met before. Wow. You get me? But how easy is that? How easy is it to work a room and to just go up to some? Is it that you probably know them already because they're in the industry and you're familiar with their work? Um, and you just go up to them. How, if somebody got the first of all, how does somebody get the opportunity to go to film festival like these? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I, I fortunately got the opportunity by getting, I used, I got into the competition for Claremont Ferrand, which was mm -hmm. the, um, that's where I sent Black Girl in the Ring, the script. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got the opportunity to go over there and big up Jafta and M1 for sponsoring that trip. But I mean, to travel first or for, foremost, you need money. Um, so, I mean, I got sponsored, if you're lucky enough to get sponsored. But there are opportunities out there to get sponsored. So it's not impossible, you get me? Yeah. Um, and there are also, like, competitions and, and other um, groups and agencies that are always looking for talent and young talent to give them that that opportunity. And even now that a lot because of COVID, a lot of the film festivals have gone virtual. Now is actually a good opportunity. I mean, nothing is compared to face-to-face. -to -face, yeah. But now you can actually reach out to people digitally or virtually mm -hmm. that you would have never had the opportunity. Opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. People are more open now to do the whole virtual thing. Yeah, of course. COVID because it seems like the new normal. Yeah, so it's, as you said, more opportunities, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, you need the money to go physically. So that's the first thing. So, I mean, like, film is definitely an industry that you need money for. Um, yeah, you need money to make the film and you need money to travel with the film. But in terms mm -hmm. of commanding a room... I wouldn't say, I mean, most of the times it's really network. A lot of the times, I'm not going to lie, I use my Jamaican card. <laughs> <laughs> like Jamaica, brand Jamaica is a real thing because everybody is very interested in Jamaica. I agree. Just, I mean, a lot of the times I think it's just a package. It's always a packaging that we kind of fall down and it's just to package it in a way for them to say, oh, this is actually something feasible for mm -hmm. me to invest in. But it's it's definitely an icebreaker. Once you come from Jamaica, people them them ears automatically perk up. Perk you know? up, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So, I mean, I use my Jamaican card a lot, but I mean, a lot of the times networking is just me finding somebody. For me, I try to, like, it's not something I overthink. I just try not to be shy. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the times I just go with my instinct. If I, if I like talking to somebody, I might try and um, engage more of a relationship with that particular person, you know, if you're if your spirit takes somebody, as we would yeah. say. Um, <laughs> and I can say that that has worked for me most of the times where, I mean, I've, I've, I've an open mind in seeing it not only as like a business opportunity, but this is a community and this is somebody who, I mean, if they're interested in, in me as an individual and if I'm interested in them, then it might even turn out to be a friendship one day. Who knows? You get me? Yeah. But that's, I mean, through those type of relationships is how I've actually gotten to meet other people because they would know more people and then those yeah. know more those other people know more people, you get me? Social mm-hmm. media is also a thing. And you know, you might not keep contact with every single person, but I mean a lot of the times there's there is a lot of beauty in in actually finding people who are who have a similar worldview to you. Yeah. And and are willing to maintain a relationship with you as well. Yeah, you never know one day down the line. They're like, I remember meeting Saeed here. Yeah, we exactly. spoke about this and I believe that, you know, he would have been a good addition to this project, etc. Exactly like that. Mm-hmm. But I believe you also have to go with it's good to also have something. So for example, um, you had that script, Black Girl in the Ring which is yeah. something that you could also talk about um, right there. Um, so it's good for persons to also have something for themselves, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, if you have something, if you have something to pitch, and this is where it ties back to when I was saying, how do you package your idea? So if you mm-hmm. have something physical like a pitch deck or uh, some form of PowerPoint or presentation or a pilot, anything at all, then it gives you a starting place to speak to people. Um, of course, the better it looks a lot of the times is the more people would be impressed. But I can tell you that it's just, yeah, have something to speak about. But as I said, follow your instincts because, mm-hmm. so for example, I went to France and I went to pitch the film Black Girl in the Ring. Yeah. And initially in our practice sessions i i, I came with razzle dazzle and i came with a pretty <laughs> powerpoint and blah, blah 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 but then upon pitching to the french you realize that that might be more a westernized concept of pitching mm, and mm-hmm. what they wanted was more what is the story really about and how is it going to touch us simplicity mm-hmm. yeah um well simplicity but depth as well so they yeah. want yeah so um so I remember on the bag a picture, picture, and re, re, re. I mean, of <laughs> course, research is a good thing too. Meaning, so when I went to Berlin, I, they give you booklets um, of who is who, people's names and contacts. Is a whole lot of people, so I mean, it's good not to be overwhelmed. But um, or don't try overwhelm yourself. But mm-hmm. um, I did my fair share of research, um, so it might be somebody you might go talk to a producer who is really big but they're interested more in horror or western if i'm not a writer or producer or a western then i mean there's really 
unless we just want to meet him or her, <laughs> there's really no point in me talking to them. You get me? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it is research, research. Walk, walking with um, a, a solid idea, um, understanding understanding the industry and at what point in your idea would you want to start presenting it. A lot of the times, um, it depends on who you talk to. Some people already want to know that you have some form of funding in place or you have a director attached to the project. And then some people, they're just interested in hearing the idea. You get me? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, research is a very big thing as well. I agree. And Saeed, um, in addition to the, the producers, I always spoke about the direct, director. What are the different types of careers or the roles that makes everything come together for, let's start, we're, we're going to stick to film right now, for a film, a film production? Um, all right. Because I can answer TV as well, but if you want, if you want. Oh film. yeah, definitely, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a TV, you have the production management. Um, production management works very closely with the producer for budgeting, um, crewing, ensuring that a lot of things, parking of 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 your parking of you, if you have a um a broadcast truck. Or where where is the technical space going to be? Um, underneath the production management, you have production coordinator. I mean, and these roles kind of interface, but they're they're ranked. Um, so it really depends on, as I said, the 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 scale of the project at the time. Um, you have production assistants, and those are usually a lot of the time. Production assistants are usually assigned to different um they're usually assigned to different departments Mm -hmm. um but the production assistance is still overall overall supervised by the production coordinator and production management production assistants their tasks include craft service um food water it include um helping out helping out different departments with what they need. So if camera need a lens, um, if if sound needs assistance with anything, um, there's sound engineering. In broadcast, you have you usually have a sound team. So you have the A1 or the sound supervisor, and they're in charge of the mixing of the mixing, meaning everything that you hear on your television is somebody that controls it. So when you hear somebody when you're watching football and somebody kicks a ball, yeah, it's somebody that's behind a sound console that pushes up a fader for you to hear the ball being kicked. Oh, okay. Um, uh-huh. When you hear, it's a lot of, it's very technical as well. Um, when you hear the, when you hear the, the crowd in the stands, that's mm-hmm. where microphones placed so you can hear them um, in a particular way. Um, Nice. And then you usually have the assistance for the sound sound team, which includes the the person who would be the A twos who would be helping out like the position of the microphones, um, setting up the earpiece on the host, ensuring that all microphones are working properly. Mm-hmm. Um, you have intercom and live. Intercom is very important in live because everybody needs to 
be able to communicate with who they choose to communicate with um, because it is a very instant, live is very quick. So if the communication is done, the production will fail. So you have somebody who is particularly in charge of communication and that is very technical as well. Um, you have graphics, um, you have the people who create the graphics who are different from putting the graphics live on the screen, which, which so is a graphics operator. Um, you have replay, replay is mostly for sports, we call them VTR. Um, and this is, if you're watching football or basketball, um, as soon as a shot is made, then you have the replay right after. It's somebody that's doing that. Yeah. And they usually coordinate with the producer on the day to say, so Alicia, you took a shot and that, you took a shot and it's four cameras that got that oh. shot. Um, camera one might be being blocked by another player. So that means you're going to need to take the replay from camera two and three. Yeah. It's a producer that now says, okay, okay, VT1, um, give me give me camera angle two, give me camera angle three. All right, oh. out, director, mm -hmm. back to you. Director starts to cut the show again. Um, so it's a whole team process and it's a whole yeah. show. Um, maybe I'm missing out a couple now, but I can I mean, it's usually a big team still. Um, and, and usually these are different persons for most of these roles? Yeah, different persons for most of these roles. Oh, of course, you'd have the camera operators. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, World Cup, you might have 15 cameras. In a newsroom, you might have three cameras. So it, it just really depends. Um, the in a newsroom? Yeah, it just depends, yeah. It, oh. um, in VT, you might have VT meaning playbacks. You mm -hmm. might have six people. If you, the more cameras you have, is the more you need. Um, you have video engineers as well. Video engineers ensure that um, everything is rooted properly. Um, if you're doing a satellite link, meaning if you are in Jamaica and you need the feed to reach Japan, video engineers are very important in ensuring mm -hmm. that the proper quality has reached to you, to the person doing sat. And and as I said, everything is set up within the truck, meaning the all the cameras are solid. Um, solid meaning they look how they're supposed to look. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're built out how they're supposed to be built out. Um, so, so there's a whole host of roles that makes up yeah, the whole it's a production. Yeah, it's a huge crew. And then exactly. finally, you have the people that shade the camera. Shade the camera meaning. They ensure that on the screen, the camera, the camera looks exactly like how the director wants them to look. So we call them shading or painting the camera. Mm -hmm. So meaning if the camera looks a little bit too blue, they are able to color correct the camera on spot. Nice. Or if the camera is a little bit too dark, they are able to open the iris and ensure that a little bit more light comes in enter the camera mm -hmm. and it's i mean broadcast is one of those i feel like sometimes i feel like broadcast is like one of those hidden those hidden industries where there's so many job roles mm -hmm. and there's so many opportunities for people to to be a part of it but it's only if you're really in it you realize and it's also very well paid yeah um, and that's the thing i know that you're explaining the different the different roles 
when you, I mean, you, you watch a production, you watch news, for example, or you watch some other live broadcasts, and you're not thinking that there's so many moving parts. Yeah, you know that there's camera person, audio. Um, you probably think a producer, director, but you're not even... You're not even thinking about what you call it, BTR. You're not thinking about a whole lot of other things. And there's so many roles, but people aren't really informed or really knowledgeable about them. Because let me ask you this. When you were in high school, did you know about most of these different... No clue. I had no clue at all. All right. Which is why I also want to ask you. You started out, you went to... UA and you did a Bachelor of Arts in Entertainment and Cultural Enterprise. Yeah. Um, how can somebody who's interested in moving into production, TV production, film production, how can they get started? Um, and what are some of the qualifications that it would be good for them to have that will really help them to perform well or to increase their opportunity of being selected in going into an industry like this? Yeah, I mean, in Jamaica, a lot of it is, a lot of, the best way is really experience. Um, so working with a, a, a television station like um, TVJ, working with a M1, working with a Sportsmax, a Phase 3. Um, that's the best way to get, to get experience in it. In terms oh, of schooling, in terms of schooling, mm -hmm. um, In terms of schooling, you have you have certain programs. Um, you mm -hmm. NCU has a very decent program. I know UWE has Carmack. I know Carmack focuses a lot on journalism and not so much the technical side of production. Um, mm -hmm. You have in terms of like engineering, a lot of the people who are engineers within the industry actually studied engineering otherwise, um, and then they just utilized the knowledge and brought it over into video and television. Mm -hmm. um, I know NTI has an audio engineering. I don't know if that would similar. Sorry, when I said engineering, I was more so speaking about video engineering. Video engineering, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, MTI, MTI is also a good place for... So you see, the thing is with university, you get basic knowledge. Yeah. But... Um, it really takes you getting the experience from these other places to kind of venture into the next level. And then even, even from these production companies in Jamaica, you have another level, which is the international. And then once, I mean, the, the skill sets are the same, but of course, it's, it's a bigger scale. You get me? Yeah. So just learning so how to operate on, on a larger scale. But there are opportunities. So, for example, um, one of my employees, Andrew Campbell, mm -hmm. is going to be traveling to to Guyana soon and 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 staying and coming back to Jamaica to work on um, the next cricket West Indies tour against okay. Pakistan. And yes. he's going as a sound supervisor. Mm -hmm. um, so the world is opening up a little bit. I know. Phase three productions is heavily involved with CONCACAF now. Um, Sportsmax is is very involved with other cricket tours. And I know different freelancers have had the opportunity to travel with other international production companies. So, I mean, it, to answer, to go back to your first question in terms of schooling, 
I feel like it's good to go to to those programs that I mentioned before to get the basic education. Yeah. However, however, it's really the experience that you need. And as the world opens up and as more production happens, is more opportunity for people within our region to go and venture into the international mm-hmm. world. And then, of course, what I think is that the more international experience you get is the better local production will be because the standards will be lifted. I agree. Um, before I even get into that, um, one thing I wanted to know, when it comes down to the experience, um, how can somebody just get the experience, how can they get selected to work at M1 or Phase 3? Um, these production companies say, yep. say somebody like me, I didn't do any ounce of arts, I, I did science, and but you know, since recently, I realized that my creative juices are bubbling and I feel like this is something I want to start. I want to get into now. Um, how can somebody like me, how can I start? Is it that I start writing scripts, I, I, I apply to shadow someone? Like what would be the best way for somebody who didn't even start out in arts and media and entertainment break into this type of field? Um, I feel like a lot of the times it's just reaching out to the right people. So you can reach out to the companies, tell them that you're really interested. And if if it's even like a a couple months internship, um, mm-hmm. or tell them that you're interested to come, come on a couple sets, maybe because you're learning for free. Um, yeah. of course, there's always international certification that you can look into as well. Um. Well, if you don't have the money for that and you, you say you just want to let it stay local, then you, you can always reach out to people. A lot of the times the question might be, then what really are you interested in? Because there are so many roles, you get me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So that that involves you doing your research as well, or you can just be, oh, yeah, I just want to learn a little bit more. Maybe I can just come and sit and see what is actually being done, you get me? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, but I mean... So what are some international certificate like, for when it comes down to production? Um, is there, like, a course that somebody can do to learn more about, you know, the whole aspect? Because I remember you saying there are certain rules in the industry, as it is in any career. And I guess you, you also learn that when you network and you, you know, hang out with people in the industry. But is there any kind of standards out there that, you know, if people... I can go on. Is there a website or an association for film production or for production? So, um, so remember, mm-hmm. film is a little bit different from TV. Mm-hmm. Broadcast is a little bit more specialized, and it might be a little bit harder to find the certification. However, you can always Google um, certification in broadcast. Um, you will find the resources. Film is a little bit easier to find. Film, there there are certifications essentially everywhere. Um, you can, I'm trying to think of specific ones. Um, we can always come back to those. Yeah, ones. yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, the film is a little bit easier because even now UA has a film program that's specific oh. for film. Um, mm-hmm. You might be able to. That's on the camera. As I say, you can, yeah, it is on the camera. As I say, you can, you can always just put in 
you can put in certification for sound for mm-hmm. sound for film and you'll see what come up and you can I mean that that involves a lot of research as well. Just you can read the review. So it would be just as if you're looking for a master's, you get me? Definitely. You know, if you heard me in the bio, Said is also the CEO for M1 Productions. Now, looking at your team, um, the team that you have and some of the persons that are in production, audio, the different roles, what do you think are some of the special skills that people need to have to thrive in an environment like that? When you say special skills, you mean from a technical perspective or like from technical a personal? Technical and personal. Te- technical um, and, yeah, both. Okay. As if starting with personal, you definitely need to be a team player. Understand understand your role within the team. Um, also, being very positive is also a very good thing to be mm-hmm. in within production. Um Production, the hours are long, so you have to know that. You have to know that a lot of the times I wouldn't I wouldn't encourage somebody to go into production if they don't love it. Mm-hmm. Because hours are, a lot of the times, at least 12 hours is your working day. Um, whereas, and it's not I mean, a set. It's not a set Monday to Friday kind of thing either, right? It, <laughs> for more so for corporate, it can be. But when it comes on to... When it comes on to certain projects like sports, then no. Okay. Um, of course, when you reach a particular level, like in any other field or industry, you can kind of dictate your hours. Um, but once you're on set, it is typically like a 12 hour day. Okay. Um, all right. Mm-hmm. So they need to know that it's long hours, not to get, if it's not something that they're passionate about, maybe reconsider. Consider. Yeah. Yeah. However, it is very entertaining. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's something I don't regret going into. Um, in terms of technical skills, it really just depends on what field you're in um, mm-hmm. or what role you're playing. For a director. It's not for production. Um, yeah. So for production, I mean producing or directing? Producing, producing. But for producing, yeah, you definitely need to understand the flow of a show, you need to understand how to talk to hosts. You need to understand if you're doing sports, you need to understand. Um, a lot of the times we say we don't like to reinvent the wheel. So, yep. you need to, so we need to understand um, typically the camera angles that are used. Um, when I say the flow of the show, I mean, are there particular angles used for particular replays? Um, is there a structure to the show that you can follow based on the years that they have been doing this? So if you if you watch basketball today and if you watch basketball 20 years ago, you might look and feel the same way. The only mm-hmm. difference might be your graphics. Maybe the graphics will be oh. wrong. You get me? But yeah. in terms of how you start the show, in terms of how you, the middle of the show, the interviews, it might be the same exact way. Um so that's, that's a lot for producing. Um, in terms of the monetary aspect of it, you have to understand everything that is that encompasses what you need for the production to happen, so you can accurately have a accurately monitor your budget. Then, mm-hmm. um, I'd say understanding Excel if you want a particular skill, understanding spreadsheets. 
Excel. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's yeah. how we use a lot of the times for our running order. That's how we kind of map it out within a spreadsheet. Um, okay. Unless being organized is a very big thing. And I think uh, the main thing is knowing how to communicate. Mm-hmm. You're going to have times where a lot of people going to talk to you at one time. So knowing how and when to communicate to each person, because you'll mm-hmm. get very confused, especially in a very fast environment. Um, the more technical things would be more so like directing um, graphics. Um, a lot of these things use very specific softwares um, that you have to understand. Directing, you have to understand how to use a, a switcher. Um, the switcher is where you plug all your cameras into, so you can punch camera one different from camera two, different from camera six. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to understand storytelling, understand storytelling through cameras. What angle is going to give you? Is going to give you what angle is going to give you the the best? Mm-hmm. Um, what angle is going to tell the story the best at that particular time? So, if you want somebody to feel powerful, is that a low angle shot to make them feel big? Um, oh. Somebody scores. Somebody scores a goal. You have a hero and a villain. Are you going to show the hero who is the person that scored the goal? And then are you going to then find a nice shot of, of the person who got conceded on to show the reaction of them being sad? And then mm-hmm. are you going to show the the winning so the winning um audience versus the losing audience? And this is just kind of how everything that comes together to tell the story for the viewer that's watching on, on the screen itself. Nice. Um, so that's understanding storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, sound, a lot of the times it's understanding sound, understanding um, different types of microphones, understanding what it is to have a sound design, understanding radio frequency or wireless frequencies, understanding communication and intercoms. Um, Engineering, usually that's a specific skill that mostly people who actually have experience with mechanical engineering can go into understanding cabling, understanding what makes up a particular video cable, what makes up a particular audio cable. Um, I know that. (laughs) Video was like red, white. Oh, no, that was back in the day, AV. I mean, mean, the theory is very similar, but yeah. Um, And then... (laughs) Also, understanding um, how a camera should look. Now we're getting more, a lot more technical, a lot more digital. So now that's also understanding networking, understanding mm-hmm. routing. Um, how do you, wow. yeah, how do you give somebody a feed who is million miles away? Mm-hmm. You get me? How do you route a particular camera to a particular replay operator? How does the audio also get back there? All of those things are, I mean, those are a little bit technical that you mm-hmm. have to learn on the day or on, during on the, ex- the Yeah, on the job or through experience. I realized that, so you started your career professionally in 2012, stage technician, backstage assistant, and audio tech. Mm-hmm. Is this where you started to learn most of these skills? Definitely. And mm-hmm. although, although, the skills are a little bit different. The theory mm-hmm. 
the theory is across the board. So definitely what I would have learned in in live, in terms of like a live stage show or a theater, in terms of like an audio, let's say, the types of microphones, how to use a mic, how to, how to um, patch a board, all of these things, I'd carry the knowledge into broadcast. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Um, so after starting out in the field, because you started out, as I said, um, stage technician, backstage assistant, audio tech, um, you know, and then you did the whole producing. And now you're actually CEO for M1 Productions. Mm-hmm. For persons who are in these type of fields in terms of producers what other areas do they pivot or progress into after a while you've now progressed into ceo um your role is is bigger um so for before i even ask you um ask you about different roles or different ways that they can progress what does your role um typically entail well let me first to say my role as a ceo is not necessarily a bigger role um mm-hmm. you you have producers that stay in producing for all of them life you get me yeah and, and it's well paid and it's it's really just a different role so it's not necessarily a bigger role uh, but no C- well i was saying more responsive more responsibilities yeah so i mean mm-hmm. for ceo it's more so a, a business role okay. and it's, it's just like ceo for any other company so it's more now looking on building the company um, what are what are the strategies? How, how do you position the company in a particular way? Um, recruitment. Um, what uh-huh. are what's what's the budget for the year and trying to hit the targets quarterly? Mm-hmm. The um, strategy. Yeah. So that's that's. I mean, it's not production, but it's still you still have to understand production mm-hmm. in order to operate the business. Business. Um, so in terms of answering your first question, where would a producer go? Producer, a lot of the times, producer, director are like the last, the last, is like the end goal for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that I've been very fortunate to have the experience of doing it at a very young age, but it also is a testament to the industry in itself because maybe if I was in America, I'd still, because of the competitiveness and uh-huh. the amount yeah. of people that are there, I'd still be in a lower role, you get me? But in Jamaica, yeah. it's less competition. So there's more of an opportunity for you to get a leadership role at an early age. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings me, sorry, um, which brings me to, to, to find out what is the job outlook for in this type of career field? Um, because you say it's the, the it's not a lot of competition right now, but in the next five years... How do you see it progressing? Um, do you think that this is a time now for people to really jump in to a career like this, a career feel like this? I'd say it's yo, know, I'd say the time is has has been there. It's just that we in Jamaica and the Caribbean haven't really been exposed to it. So I'd always say at any point in time, mm-hmm. it's, it is a good field. Um once you have content. Once you have TV, once you now you have phone, tablet, and laptop. So now it's more content that is needed. Once more content is needed, more crew is going to be needed, more skills. You get me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it's always there's always an opportunity. Um, um, mm-hmm. um, 
I know when when I go on Netflix, um, we see a lot of Indian movies, American, um, UK, and a lot of African movies. But mm. we're not seeing a lot of Caribbean, Jamaican films. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think you were saying something about you know eventually we'll start having better quality production, etc. But when do you see us eventually? crossing that line and really breaking out where you see in Jamaican and Cari- a lot of Caribbean films on Netflix? Uh, I mean... What's holding us back? I mean, a couple of things. I would say, for one, funding. We we are a smaller market and it's harder to, to access. Yeah. Um, um, and then I'd say the private sector in Jamaica haven't yet fully tapped into the thought of um, Jamaicans doing their own content for an international platform. Um, also, it's a, it is expensive, and other like doing content, mm-hmm. you need money. Um, so it is. I know. I know from a private sector point of view. If I'm not, if it's not something I'm familiar with, I might not. I might not be the first one to take that risk. So that's the first thing. The second thing is traditionally speaking. Um, we're not a culture that writes and a lot of the contents begin with writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you write a story? How do you write a script and present it? We are very, our culture is very orally based, I should say, mm-hmm. historically. That's how we tell our stories. Yeah. Um, so I think it's also, I know JAFTA has been doing it, that's Jamaica Film and Television Association. So also tapping into that side of it, um, writing a story and creating a story and understanding how do you move from script to screen. Um, what we would have had most experience with are like the music videos and certain type of content where it it shows that we are technically sound. So you can have a man that knows to shoot a camera and you can record the audio properly. But we might not necessarily be in tune with creating a script and making a budget for the script and mm-hmm. knowing where to distribute this content after. Oh. I mean, everything is a work in progress <laughs> too. Um, as I said, big up to Jafta because they have been doing a lot of work with our writers. Um, so we have more and more writers now. That's um, good. And I think it's just a matter of time before you see some something else that breaks out of Jamaica. Yeah, because, you know, we, we feel that pride just like when, um, you know, Olympics or anything, anywhere we see Jamaica, you, you have this, you have such pride. That one that we um, sprint on. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like, you know, everybody had such pride when, when that came out. Yeah. And it's on Netflix. So, you know, we, we want to see our local talent there and, you know, just the work of our or local producers, etc. So, you know, hopefully, as you say, it's just time. And you say it's mad expensive. So, um, you know, hopefully we can see more of that in the coming future. So another question, um, when it comes on to salaries for producers, um, well, let's look, let's talk a little bit about freelance rates. What would the freelance rates look, look like for um, producers? All right. Well, for I mean, locally, 
it's a little bit different from internationally because okay. of course the market is different. Um, locally, you'd find a typical freelancer getting anywhere between maybe 30 to 50 grand a day. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it also depends on the budget of the, of the particular show. Um, sometimes it depends on the relationship as well. If you're doing, if you're doing multiple shows for a, a season, then it might be a little bit less. Um, if it's a one-off show, it might even be a little bit more. But that's okay. usually the range for television production. Yeah. Um, for for film, it's it's very similar. So it's in the ballpark, is a very similar range in terms of ballpark figure. Um, the major difference with a film is that the producer owns a percentage of the content. Um, therefore, if the content is to make any form of money thereafter, then the producer would be liable to a cut of it, a cut of the pre- a cut, meaning some of the money if it is. Yeah. A lot of the times, films don't make back their money, though, many of the times. So what they advise you to do is to put in your rate and Mm -hmm. try to get paid up front, though. Before? Mm -hmm. Okay. Just in case it doesn't. (laughs) All right. Okay. That's well, that's that's very interesting. Um, And as we're about to wrap up, uh, I just have a question. Did you have a mentor when you started off in this? in this um, career? Um, I wouldn't say I had a one, one particular mentor. What I would say is that I've had people who I work closely with that I've looked up to. Um, Nadia Roxburgh from Philip Sherlock Theatre. Um, she's a lighting designer. Yeah. And I was, I admired, definitely admired her work ethic and her heart and her positivity. Um, and then just working with other people in the industry. I mean, as I say, it wouldn't necessarily be a mentor, but I've, I've tried to learn from them and learn like anything that I see that is positive that I can bring for myself. Then I try to pick it up along the way. But yeah, I mean, I have many supportive people. I mean, I want to call name. <laughs> I mean, I learned from many people and I admire many people within my industry. Okay. And at the, in the same breath, um, does your company provide internships, mentorship for persons who would be interested in learning more and putting the skills that you've spoken about today to good use? Um, yeah, M1 currently provides internship for sure. Um, we, we have, we currently have two interns now, one from UTEC and one from UA. And nice. a couple of months ago, we had two from NCU. And I mean, the aim is to ensure that we have more and more people growing within this industry and maintaining a particular standard and even giving themselves an opportunity of because uh, as you said a lot of the, we in high school and the university would have even when i was in university i never even knew about half of these things so now is to give them that stepping stone so they can have an opportunity yeah as an earlier mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. definitely okay but, yeah we do have internship programs so feel mm-hmm. free to 
I mean, you can go on our website, m1ja.com, um, and you can use the, in the email address that is there, and you can always send your resume and whatever you would be interested in, and we can further the discussion from there. Okay. And if persons would like to connect with Saeed Thomas on social media or anywhere else, how can they find you? Um, I use Twitter and Instagram a lot. Well, I shouldn't mm -hmm. say that, but often enough. Um, <laughs> you can follow me. It's the same, it's the same name, Saeed Ojo, S-A-E-E-D-O-J-O. -E -E so it's at Saeed Ojo. Ojo is eyes? No, Ojo is my middle name, actually. Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was like a Spanish, Spanish nah, word. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Saeed. So before we even go, um, there's a fun game that I want to play. <clears throat> we know that everybody knows it's caught up in Olympic fever. So I have some Olympic trivia. Wow. Hopefully prepared. by the time this airs, we're still in the Olympic um, time. So we'll see. But I have about four questions. Are you ready? Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. What colors? <clears throat> what colors are the Olympic rings? And there's five of them. There are five rings. All right. So I'm gonna say red. Yes. Blue. Yes. Yellow. Yes. Green. Yes. And one more. Purple. <laughs> no. <laughs> you you went to KC. No, no I did not go to Casey. <laughs> what, what is the other color? Orange? No, the other color is black. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the, the Olympic rings, blue, yellow, black, green, and red. And okay. some persons like to say there's a sixth color, which is the background, which is white. But I don't know if... I'm not color. That's not the red. Technically, black isn't a color, you know. It's a shade, right? Yeah, technically. Okay. <laughs> All right. What do the mm -hmm. Olympic rings represent? Uh, I have no clue, but let me just <laughs> let me just come up with something. I don't know, honestly. I don't. Know. <laughs> That's fine. The rings represent the five continents: Africa, the Americas, Asia, Europe, and Oceania. Yes. All right. <laughs> I know that now. I feel like you're gonna get this one. The black, the black is what I represent Africa. You know, I, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Because then we'd have to start putting colors to each of them. And I don't even know who would be blue, yellow, you know. So no idea. Um, in what year did Usain Bolt shatter his two records for 100 meter and 200 meter? And which Olympic game was that? <clears throat> Um, hundred meter and two hundred meter shattered. It was the same year, was it? He he broke his record in '09, I think. But as world champion, so we're looking for an Olympic. The first one before before it happened before that. I don't know. I feel embarrassed. There's a song. That vibes cartel sing and he's like, run like you say, you know. Everybody knows uh, that. So I must get that. Um, <laughs> so the year was all right. Let me I don't want to tell the year, but it was held in Beijing. 
Oh, yes, of course. I don't know. What year was that? 20, that was 2008. 2008. I mean, okay. shattered it again in 2009. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Last one. How many Olympic gold medals <clears throat> the Shelley and Fraser Prize have? I don't know, <laughs> honestly. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm going to say, all right. Hold on. Have the relay. Gold. Olympic gold. I don't know. Four? Wow. That's very ambitious. We would have loved that. Two? But she has two. Okay. She has two. 2008 in Beijing, mm. 100 meter. And 2012 in London, 100 meter. And she won bronze in 2016 at Rio. Gotcha. Yes. So, um, um, do you see like a winner for like coming out of the Jamaican team? Um, this for 100 meter, like for 100 meter, we have Shelly Ann Fraser Price, Sharika Jackson, Elaine Thompson Hero. Um, do you think we're gonna have a sweep? One, two, three. Um, yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, based on the times that uh, I remember seeing in the qualifiers, I think they definitely can do it. Um, but I mean, I think Shelly is the clear favorite for sure. So, yeah, mm -hmm. <clears throat> all right. So that's it. We've come to the end of another episode. Saeed, it was amazing talking to you. Thank you so much for stopping by and sharing with us. Um, you know, the career field producer, film, as well as live broadcast. Um, you've really opened our eyes to some of the different um, things that you have to consider when putting the whole production together and the different roles that are involved. And I'm sure we can now appreciate it and we know watching, looking at films, now, look, even looking at live broadcasts, we can probably start saying, oh, you know, I heard Saeed mentioned that, so that's probably yeah, what they're doing I hope I didn't ruin it for you. This... <laughs> that, that's uh, well... what happens to me now. <laughs> because now you're, like, looking at it with keener eyes and yeah. everything, so you're thinking about the cameras and it's going to pan here and... Yep. <laughs> but thank you so much for um, sharing that with us. I appreciate it. Thanks, Alicia. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. And guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. And don't forget to subscribe and to share this podcast with a friend, a colleague, family members. Also, check out the Instagram page and Facebook page, which is Career Conversations with Ali. And we also talk about some after episode gems and I like to call them pod gems. So see you soon, guys. Bye.